And real estate provides such an amazing opportunity to do this because let's be realistic. Like we're all limited in our funds. That's just the reality. Unless you're born a Rothschild, which I don't think many of us are here, you have to adapt to that reality. And connecting to this is also, and I've, you know, almost discovered it too late. And now I'm like full gone ho with it is like how to grow using other people's money and how to give other people the opportunity to invest in real estate with you alongside so they don't have to have some of the hassles of the Saturday afternoons like we were discussing. And that's just another great lever to grow because, yeah, at some point, like we tapped out. It's just that now we keep seeing deals. We keep seeing more deals that we can swallow and fund. And so now we're putting more emphasis on how do we build win-win situations and partnerships for people to bring in some of the funds. We bring in the deal and the energy. And then everyone's happy. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. I interview the top commercial real estate investors and industry experts so you can learn from their experiences. So if you're an investor, a high W-2 earner or real estate or tech sales professional that wants to invest in real estate without having to manage properties or leave your day job, then this podcast is for you. Or if you're already investing in real estate, but you're doing it part-time and you wanna become a full-time multifamily or full-time commercial real estate investor, this podcast is for you too. You're gonna learn a ton. You will learn from real life multifamily investors and other professionals in the industry. They're gonna share their blueprints for success. And I'm super excited that you're here. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello. This is Abel Pacheco, your host for the Five Talents Podcast. We are super excited today because we have an amazing guest, Axel. Hopefully, I don't try to butcher your name here. Monsanjan. That's right. Axel Monsanjan. Yeah, it's French. Yeah, Mr. Axel. Well, hey, man, I'm super excited to have you on. Pleasure. I met with you this year, just talking to you, even in the pre-discussion, you know, discussion, our pre-interview. It's going to be a great conversation to learn grow a little bit of scale, learn from some mistakes even. And we're going to do this in a, in a, a definitely pretty cool fashion because Axel has done some amazing things. We want to learn from him. And then we connected together in a mastermind that we just joined this year, a real estate capital raising mastermind with Hunter Thompson. And so, you know, he's also has some questions. So he's going to turn it around a little bit on this interview and ask us a couple of questions and it's kind of unrehearsed. And so we're happy to, to share with you, but Axel, you've been doing some amazing things. If you don't know Axel yet, you're going to start seeing his name come out more and more and more over the years to come because he's a full-time real estate investor and he's the founder of the Real Estate Effect. And we have a lot of US listeners, but they do real estate in Montreal and Quebec. They're a Quebec-based real estate investment company. And they've been doing one deal, one deal, one deal, one deal, just kind of keep adding on. The number of doors are just at that point where they're about to really get up into scaling. So I'm super excited just to, to hear from you and provide a little exposure for you, your business, and you know the country in general, brother. So Axel, let me turn it over to you. In your own words, tell us who you are and what you do, and we'll just start a great conversation, brother. Sounds good. So th- thanks a lot, Abel. First of all, before I introduce myself, like I want to say, like it's almost intimidating being with you because I see what you've done and accomplished. And it's like, wow. And it's intimidating and yet it's super inspiring because if you can do it, hopefully I can do it. And so it's just about the learning. 
and uh, and sharing some of the knowledge. And so I live in Montreal, Quebec. I'm an immigrant here. I came about 20 years ago, actually, to finish my schooling, started to work in the corporate world. And after about six years of being disillusioned, went full-time into real estate, took a few consulting contracts in the meantime, and just in in management and so on. And uh, we started uh, with my wife and real estate is something that we like, first of all, because you have to be passionate. It's something that we understand somewhat because everyone's got to live somewhere. And so we just kind of took it from there and just started actually, it all started with a condo, just a, a one, three bedroom apartments. And then so now we've been growing. Now we're going into multifamily space and we have a few properties. And now we're actually doing a few big jumps where we're going after some land for development and some much larger properties. So it's fun. Man, that's awesome, brother. That's really great. It's good to have you on. And I think at this point in your career, it's going to be a fun conversation. So First, you and your wife. So y'all have been doing this together. So is that right? So that's right. So so I'm fully dedicated to it. And then other than taking care of the house, taking care of the kids and so on, whereas my wife is still in her full-time employment. So we've kind of split it where she does a few tasks and I do the rest. But we started like years ago, as I said, with this one condo that we renovated in the summer and we wanted to get the big bucks for the rent. And we spent the whole summer just renovating it ourselves which is a learning experience. Over time, I always keep her in the loop on what's happening and she keeps me in the loop and she contributes quite a bit, actually, even though she's still in full-time employment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and that's awesome. So let's start here, you know, a little bit of this background. Were you a real estate investor? Was your wife a real estate investor? Were y'all like real estate focused? Tell us how, like yeah, even so- getting started and tell me about this. So we realized after how, in a way, we had a little bit of background, but we didn't start as real estate investors. I mean, I went to university and I always like moving stuff. So I actually got a master's degree in supply chain management and a BA in economics. My wife went to law school and then wasn't sure exactly what she wanted to do, but she likes structure. And so she went to tax law and she's been really good at it. And years ago, she bought this condo and it was the end of her university life. She was renting two rooms and she lived in the other. And over time, like she moved in with me and then we thought like, hey, let's rent out this condo. And it took us a whole summer to renovate it. And then she said, I know exactly the profile of people I want to rent it with. And in my head, I was like, yeah. you're never going to get that. And she yeah. got exactly what she wanted. <laughs> and I was like, how did you do it? Babe? And she's like, well, you know. And so, and again, like it's something that we understand because we all need to live somewhere. And so mm-hmm. we started to think after a while, like, you know, as a passive investment, it's actually pretty good because there's a little bit of cash flow. And it depreciates over time and you just need to maintain and you just need to re-rent it every year if people leave. And so we bought another condo and then we actually bought a place for ourselves. We got a little duplex. We actually converted the two units into a single family home, which is exactly against what everybody else tells you to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but hey. I started there too. I started there too. 10 years single family before we jumped into multifamily. So it was a long route of just doing that over and over and over and over again. But anyways, I interrupt. Go ahead. No. And then I really spent a lot of time listening to podcasts and educating myself, you know, reading some books and and all that. And and I started to really understand like why multifamily had was in a way a lot more attractive and how, you know, I started to understand like, yeah, put as many units under one roof. It's not that much more to manage. The levers are amazing. The refinance is, is gold. And so that was two years ago when I started to really look for a small multifamily. And we found one. It was actually on market. It was uh, five units in a C plus, B minus neighborhood. 
the ideal target, like deferred maintenance. Some of the tenants had been there for a while. Some of them were just like total. I need to be polite. The place needed it was, a cleanup. It was a little rough. It was a little it rough. It was a little rough. It needed a cleanup, but there was so much opportunity. And I'll be happy to share some of the numbers for this property because that's what yeah. really made us understand, like, you know, why this is so good. And so we bought a five unit for 500000 which I know for some, you know, in the other markets, people will be like, wow, that's crazy on a, on a per door basis. But for us, it was actually a really good price here. And on this one, we needed a little bit of capital. So we actually took in an investor that, and we actually split 50-50 on this one. That was our first one. And then some of the mistakes, like, and I just want to share it bluntly, don't do this, but I thought I was making us a favor by renovating three of the units myself. And I was like, oh, we're saving on a contractor. It's great. It's going to take me six months. Yeah, yeah, Terrible yeah. Terrible mistake. Yeah. Terrible. But coming out of the corporate world, I was actually happy to leave in the morning with my <laughs> toolbox and be like, oh, I'm going to do some work today. I'm going to do some painting. I'm going to reinstall you know, a kitchen counter and stuff like that. And I realized after, like, terrible mistake. I could have done that rehab and it with a contractor in two months, but it actually took me, like, almost eight. But at the same time, while I was doing that work, I was listening to podcasts and I was educating and I was continuing the learning. And I can't stress enough how much I've learned listening to real estate podcasts. And I joke with some friends saying, you know, I force fed myself hundreds of episodes and I feel like I've earned a master's degree in real estate investing by listening to other investors' story and how they did it and what mistakes they've done and what successes they had and tricks yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. It. And so that's like really motivated me, motivated us to keep going. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. That, that's that's really great. I think uh, what you did was I heard you took a bunch of action and educated yourself at the same time. And most people will, or a lot of individuals that I speak to, rather, they've done a lot of education and force fed themselves knowledge, but there's no action behind it. And so it's harder to get the ball moving. It's like you're pushing this big rock and you're pushing it uphill. It's already hard enough to go find the best deals. But if you're not taking action, you know, it's like you're never even, you know, you've never even started that path. So you started the path and then after you started taking action, you're like, okay, well, we're at the same time. Let me do both in parallel. So I love it, man. I want to dig back into, you know, you and your wife and your relationship there. I think there's a lot to other people hearing, you know, the husband and wife kind of partnership because I'm partners with my wife and, you know, we spend a lot of time. I wrote down, you know, your supply chain background, your economics background, her in the law side of it, which is really cool, or tax law. And then you talked about levers for equity, cash flow, depreciation, and then the power of your, you know, the education part of it. So it's really cool. Let's talk first, your wife and you. So did y'all expect to kind of jump into real estate together in this? Was that the long-term vision always? Or no, this just is a recent thing for you guys. So we didn't expect that at all. It's just, it ended up going this way because I was very unfulfilled in the corporate world. I felt like I had so much more to give and I was kind of tired of like scoring big, but for someone else. And then at the end of the year, it's like a 5k bonus. Like, Hey, there you go, buddy. And so it ended up going this way because 
there is the real estate in the background. And we both realized like how passionate we were about it and how much we liked it. And again, it was something that we understood. And so coming out of the corporate world, it was kind of a, I wouldn't say a no brainer. It just evolved this way. And then we kind of got hooked and it evolved. And it's funny you point out like the relationship aspect because we have very different backgrounds. And so sometimes I'm like, why are you so pessimistic? You only see the risk. And of course, it's her job. She's trained for that. And me, I'm the super optimistic, like energetic, like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, all going to yeah. work out. And then, and I find we make an excellent team. And I am extremely grateful for everything that she does and contributes because she brings me back to reality at some point because, yeah, I'm a little bit of a butterfly. And we need that balance. And, yeah. and ba- balance helps us go further. And she, yeah. she helped us, you know, meditate some of the risks that I didn't even think about. Yeah. 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 What a good blessing an amazing wife is. And if you don't have a good support system, like find some way to bring your wife either along some education, some insight, some knowledge. I was recently at another mastermind and I heard, you know, the people around us be drinking the same Kool-Aid. They may not be like as excited as we are about, you know, financial freedom and how to create wealth and how to do it through real estate. Part of it is because you know, we're feeding our minds, our own minds with a ton of amazing knowledge through these podcasts and, you know, conversations and it's motivating and inspiring, like you're saying. But if our family is pessimistic or if they are not supporting us, then that's not their fault. That's our fault because we haven't shown them or given them the same type of access or visibility or exposure to some of the things that we're learning. So not that you guys have, it doesn't sound like that problem at all, but I talk about it because there are a lot of people that I go, oh, how did you get your wife on board? I go, man, my my wife's been on board from the beginning, you know, like, so I've never had that issue. But if you're not in the same situation, that's our fault. Let's get our spouse, whether your husband or wife or whichever one you are in this relationship, bring them along, you know, take them, you know, bring them some education show them what you're doing, you know, either mathematics or properties or go to a mastermind or go to an event. I think it's it's really helpful, right? Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Because I've seen so many people that actually exactly what you described, like the husband is on board, he's going to hope he wants to do it. And the wife is like, why are you going to go do this? You're going to have to go spend your Saturday afternoon to like do showings or do some repairs and stuff. Yeah. And so one of the things is like, you're absolutely right. Like share with them some of the education, the knowledge, but also like directly show them the benefits. Yeah. $2,000 $2,000 extra at the end of every month, yeah. nothing Yeah, and how it snowballs. And so to really bring them on board and say, like, show them the benefits because no one wants to go spend their Saturday afternoon with someone else to do a showing or whatever it is. But yeah. when you see the money at the end of the day and what you're creating for your family, well, okay. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. So that's awesome. It was Whitney Sewell now that I'm remembering. So Whitney Sewell, uh, came to our mastermind for kingdom real estate REI. And it was, you know, very profound. Like, Oh yeah, that's absolutely right. It's our fault. So if you take responsibility and accountability of even that, I think it's just the same as, okay, I'm not in a financial position where I want to be. That's my fault. I'm going to take accountability and responsibility. So now that I know I have control over myself, what do I need to do to fix it? And so you can do the same thing there. So anyways, man, I thought I'd pause there. So that was really awesome. So you talked about this mindset of understanding equity, cash flow, depreciation. You said the word levers. I'm starting to understand these levers in real estate. Maybe you can elaborate a little bit more on like how you learn those levers and how you use them now. Well, I mean, I might have used it loosely. What I mean is that 
it's absolutely fabulous that you can go and buy a large property with only putting 10, 15, 25% down. Yeah, and, yeah. And so th- there's other asset classes in terms of investment. I don't mean in, in real estate where that might be possible as well, but like real estate provides- Very few. <laughs> very few. And real estate provides such an amazing opportunity to do this because let's be realistic. Like we're all limited in our funds. That's just the mm-hmm. reality. Unless you're born a rough child, which I don't think many of us are here, you have to adapt to that reality. And connecting to this is also, and I've, you know, almost discovered it too late. And now I'm like full gone ho with it is like how to grow using other people's money and how to give other people the opportunity to invest in real estate with you alongside. So they don't have to have some of the hassles of the Saturday afternoons, like we were discussing. And that's just another great lever to grow. Cause yeah, at some point, like we tapped out. It's just that now we keep seeing deals. We keep seeing more deals that we can swallow and fund. And so now we're putting more emphasis on how do we build win-win situations and partnerships for people to bring in some of the funds. We bring in the deal and the energy and then everyone's happy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The first part of, you know, even what she said was think about the properties that we're buying is for all the listeners. You, if you're a passive investor, I have to understand this part. If you're an active investor, it's the same thing, which is any other business that we invest our money into, any other company we're purchasing, try to go to the bank and ask them for a great idea, a great startup, an existing, try to get you know, 70, 75, 80% of all the dollars needed to go buy that company. And the bank's not going to do it. They're going to look at you cross-eyed. No. especially a startup, you know, when you say, Oh, I'm a startup. I'm a, man, you may get 5% if you're lucky of your needed costs. And maybe you got an angel investor, but they're putting in a, such a small amount. When you think about the bank's willingness to give you 70, 75, 80% leverage, then we just have to come up with a very small percentage to own this large 10, 15, $20 million company, which is, you know, it's a business and that leverage is amazing. And then the leverage of those people, like you said, Axel, they were active, we're doing the work, finding it, putting it together, operating. But if we give the opportunity for somebody else to come in, get 70% of the profits, or six, it depends on the deal, right? 60, yeah. 65, 70, 75% of the profits, and then do no work. That's amazing. So there's a ton of leverage. You're leveraging other people's time, money, knowledge. And then uh, we go buy something bigger than what we would have been able to do and invest differently than most people would have been able to do, right? Yeah. And this is where I'm glad you mentioned that because it took me a little bit of time to realize that because at first I was like, well, that's too complicated. Like how could we possibly partner up with people? And so we just kind of did it all ourselves, which I realize now like deeply slowed our growth, but it is what it is. You learn over time. And so now we we realized we got like decently good at the finding, packaging, closing, operating side. Now it's like, okay, how quickly can we perfect our ability to raise capital and partner up with other people. And so in 2021, that's what I've been putting a fair amount of focus on to get better at it. Because as you do it and you talk to people around you, they're like, wow, you did that? Like, hey, uh, next time you have an opportunity, let me know. I could be interested. Boom. That could be 100K right there. Hello, hello. You're listening to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. If you're enjoying this podcast, then I know you're serious about achieving financial freedom. Are you ready to create your own path through multifamily investing for yourself and your family? 
then I know you're gonna appreciate our investor's guide to multifamily investing. It's titled Tackling Commercial Real Estate the Easy Way. We use this guide to invest ourselves in $93 million worth of real estate. So we're gonna show you the basic mechanics of multifamily syndications and how to evaluate your next passive investment opportunity. So the best part, if you subscribe to our podcast now, leave us a review and a rating. I'm going to give you a free copy of our ebook. So please take a moment to do that now. Once you've done that, go to 5tcre.com forward slash ebook, 5tcre.com forward slash ebook. Make sure to let us know you left a review and we're going to send you a free copy. So thank you so much for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing, man. That's exactly what it is. And I'm happy that you said because I'm thinking about it. One of the things I say to people often outside of this podcast, so I'm glad it kind of came up now. When people say other people's money, OPM, here's a mindset that I'd love all of our passive investors to listen and, and hear too is, I'm not talking about your money as a passive investor. When we say other people's money, it's the bank has other people's money. They've pulled together $8 million. Like Let's say it's a $10 million buy, just round number, $10 million deal. Well, if we get 80% leverage, they're putting $8 million in a deal. That's other people's money. Somebody else put their money in a bank earning no percentage interest, 1% or 2%. And we're leveraging all of that money to go in the deal. Our passive investors and our money, shoot, we're the equity. We're not OPM. That's our money, right? And so we're taking our capital, but you know, 80 cents on every dollar, and we're putting in 20 cents on the dollar, and then we get to go earn at this much bigger area. So that other people's money is it's just amazing. And if you can get in and be part of the equity, you know, you hear like of these opportunities where someone said, oh. I got this stock pre-IPO. I got this stock, you know, before I went and I and it's now doubled and tripled. And I'm like, yeah, because you got in a deal as an equity before it kind of blew up. And like every single day we get to find companies that we bought before we blew them up. And that's what we're doing. We're like pre-IPO investors on this thing, right? Absolutely. So, anyways, that's good stuff, man. Well, now before we move. You talked about a mistake that you think you've been making, and that was it took you a little while before you started taking other investors. So is that you know some of the mistakes that you're kind of talking about and kind of thinking about here? Yes, and I'm going to backtrack even more, even to that very first deal, the five unit for 500K. Like, okay. I spent six months doing demolition and renovation myself, and I thought I was saving money. Yeah, that yeah. Was my first mistake. Yeah. So now that I think back, I'm like, I'm crazy. Is this, you know, I know how to change a heater. I know how to install a bunch of things. And it's fun because now contractors yeah. can't bullshit me as much. So that was one of the first mistakes is like the use of my time because I never factored in the fact that I spent six months working on this. And then it connects to also using other people's resources, as you mentioned, like whether it's time, whether it's knowledge and so on. And that has definitely slowed our growth. Now we have the glasses on. We can see how differently we should do it. And yeah, now, yeah, now yeah. we're full ahead in partnering up with people. And again, I don't just mean that in a financial way. Like mm-hmm. I have a great contractor who wants to partner up to do projects together. I'm like, yeah, you get all of the construction. Yeah, It's not a financial contribution. It's a other resource type. But so going back to your question about the mistakes, it was not properly assessing 
my time and how I spent it. Because as I was doing that six months renovation, I could have probably closed two other deals, but I didn't mm-hmm, because I was mm-hmm. there installing a vanity in the bathroom. Yep, yep, yep. So, and again, it connects to also using other people's resources. And now we're gun ho, we're educating ourselves. We want to set up properly. And this is where I was hoping actually to spend a bit of time asking you some of the questions because in looking at your track record and what you've done, it's actually very impressive. And, thank you. Thank you. And I, and I don't mean that lightly. You build a massive portfolio in a fairly short amount of time. So yeah, you probably have like a little bit less equity in it, but you have a sheer scale now that allows you to go leverage and you build a track record that makes it easier for you to raise. And yeah. So if I can now ask you some of the questions. Yeah, yeah, man, um, absolutely. Okay. Now, let's kind of pivot a little bit. And I've actually never never really turned my podcast over. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Axel. Well, look, man, happy to help you, brother. Happy to help your, you. It's yours. You're the master. But it just like, demand. one of the things I'm thinking about is the five talents. First of mm-hmm. all, what are the five talents that you think brought you so far so quickly? Yeah, this uh, awesome. You mentioned this. So for us, it's really that. It's a parable of Matthew 25, 14 and 30. So it's a biblical thing for us. And it's about being good stewards of people's capital. So literally what we're talking about on this same subject is like people are entrusting us with millions of dollars and we help people make more money with their money. So at the highest level, it's like, man, I got to be a good steward of people's capital. So that means we have to do due diligence, vet it, make sure it's a sound business opportunity, make sure we're leveraging the right people, time, experts, energy, and putting together the right deals. And that's the biggest part of what like that five talents is. And, you know, I tell investors all the time that they need to vet the deal, the team and the market. Those are the big three things that I see. But, you know, really even higher than that is like, you know, vision, mission, you know, hopes, dreams, desires, do our goals align? You as an individual, us as an individual, you as an investor, us as a company. And yeah, there's synergy there. Okay, great. Now let me do a little bit, you know, dig a little further because if I were partnered together for the next five, six, seven years, man, I want to work with people that I know, like, and trust and people that would have similar dreams, desires, goals. And so five talents for us is really that it's the parable of Matthew 25, 14. And that parable is, is like master leaves a, their land, their property, their, you know, basically their spread. He's gone for a certain a period of time and he gives it to the servant and gives five talents, which are like 50 grand back then in that time, 50 grand. Another one, he gives 30 grand. Another one, he gives 10 grand. And then he goes, leaves and he comes back and takes an account. The servant had 50K said, Hey, you know, how'd you do? And he said, well, I took your money. And I put it to work and here's a hundred K I've doubled it. Here's, I took your five talents and I made them 10. Well done. My good and faithful servant. He went to the next one. He's like, Oh, how'd you do? Well, I took your three talents and I turned it into double that amount. Hey, well done. My good and faithful servant. The last one that had one talent was like, well, I was scared to lose your money and I buried it. (laughs) I put it in the ground. So here's your one talent back. And that master is like, Hey, uh, you know, you wicked and lazy servant is what he called him. He said, you could at least give him my money to the money lender, you know, the bank. You They would have paid me interest on it, but you didn't. So he took the talent away from the one who had one and gave it to the one who had 10. And so that is really five talents. It's like, man, I got to be a good steward. The parable is talking about money, but it's a parable. There's 
talents, resources, you know, time, effort, and energy. And just like you said, man, there's people that are better at things than I am at, you know, various things, right? I'm an expert in a select few, and then there's experts in so many different areas. And if I try to do it on myself, then I'm going to be a generalist and just kind of not very good at everything. So that's kind of, you know, the mindset for us and how we approach business. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And now I understand a little bit more of the background yeah. on, on the five talents. Thanks for Yeah, brother. And yes, then, sir. Because you've been able, again, like you've grown a massive portfolio over time. And so like, help me out, man. Like what advice would you give me in terms of like yeah. small things to do to be able to establish credibility to raise capital? Because for example, yeah. right now I have an accepted offer on a 40 unit building. Ooh, and there we go. Come on. I, I know, I know it's coming. I'm looking for 1.5 million and yeah, yeah, yeah. I've shared it with a few, with some people and this and that, it's not the deal of the century, but the deal is good. And there's quite a bit of upside. Yeah. And you know, I'm not there yet. Yeah. Well, let me break this down. So there's so many different parts to this, right? So deal, you, others raising capital. So some information or education that I think will apply across the board. Mm-hmm. You're doing some of those things right now that are setting you up whether it's for this deal and the next deal or the next six months or the next six years. And what are those things? You said it over and over again, education, podcast books, you consumed them. You said you force fed yourself this education every single day, but you did it while you were taking action. So you acted, you educated, you act, you made, you took action and you took education. And now like the way we met, right? Your network was, expanded exponentially when you joined a mastermind. And that's how we got connected, capital raising mastermind. And now there's other people that have been, you know, in the group that have raised million dollars, $5 million, $30 million, $50 million. And you're starting to educate yourself from those groups. And so that education is like, man, if that's one thing, but the other part is just like being around other people that are doing these things already when you're around a group of people and your peer group or your crew, your team, your people that you hang out with on a regular basis, if they're doing things like touring 40 unit properties, making offers, writing an LOI, and you know, getting ready to raise millions of dollars, you start to do what they do too. <laughs> so, you know, part of it is like just positioning to it. You would never have been able to raise millions of dollars and help investors take their million and turn it into two or help $5 million you know, worth of investors turn it into 10 had you not put an offer on a property and got it under a quote unquote contract and then ready to go. So like even that, it's like this, you're operating in the unknown, yeah. which is what I feel like I do all the time now. I don't know how I'm going to raise a $5 million, $10 million deal or this dollar amount. But I think someone who's already there, they say yes when the broker asks if you want to tour this 200 unit property or this portfolio that's like way bigger than I was expecting. But I think an individual that can raise $20 million, they would say yes and they would go look at this deal. So let me do what they're going to do. And then I started doing those things. Like I started saying yes and started doing what I think they would do. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm actually doing those things. Yeah, we're. We also closed on a 42 unit, it's kind of similar unit size. A few weeks ago, we closed on a 44 unit. A few weeks before that, we closed on an 88 unit, a 260 unit, 120 unit, blah, 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 blah. 
they just kind of keep going because they're like, hey, this deal popped up. Do you want to come check it out? I'm like, yeah, I should go check it out. So you're doing all of those things. Now it's it's also this prep work. You've been doing a lot of things for a lot of months and years. So your position to do it today is going to be enabled by the work that you put in the last six months or a year prior, two years prior, learning all this stuff, the education. Like if somebody else says, well, I've never done this before and I've never really listened to all this education and I've never taken action and I never tried doing the renovation myself for six months. I never went every day and I never did that. Do you think I could go raise capital for this guy? I'm like, man, probably not, bro. You need, to, you need to put in the time, effort, and energy in advance because when the deal comes, you want to position yourself and be able to get there. And so that's a big part of, like, I think you're doing all those things now. And here's a quick, easy button for anybody in Axel situation. Like, hey, I got this deal. It's bigger than I think it's over my head. I can't raise enough capital. Well, yeah, you can talk to... 20 investors. So passive investors that are listening, you know, you, you want to like get involved with us as syndicators now, because when the deal pops up and open later, you want to already have that trust built. You want to know about the syndicator before the deal pops up. You don't want to talk to somebody like right, right now, but there's other partners in our field and work that have already spent the time year, two years with other passive investors, and they know, like, and trust them. And they know their work and all the, the best way to do is just partner with those two people. And if you like, I can't raise a million dollars on my own. Well, these three friends, we can do 300, 300 and 300. And now all of a sudden we're a million together and I don't have to worry about bringing, you know, 30 people in on this deal. I could just talk to two others. You know, I think I can do portion. They could do a portion, you do a portion and then you could, you know, raise a capital on something bigger. And, you know, the SEC basically allows it because you're following all these rules and you're trying to follow the guidelines, the lawyers are going to help you determine what you can do and can't do. But when you find out, oh yeah, this is my offering. I'm not raising capital. I'm not pulling investors. This is my deal. And I'm letting my friends and family in my deal. And so that's part of it is just, we team up, you know? So hopefully that helps a little bit, Axel. It does help. And you're right. Like I'm impatient and I've been working on this for a while. And I'm like, why haven't you got this? Why have I not been able to do it? And the thing is that and you're right. And that's what my wife reminds me sometimes like Excel, even if the deal falls, think of what you've learned over the last three months, you can go replicate that twice a year. And I'm like, that's a good point. Okay, done. Like, and it's true. Like, obviously I don't want it to fall. Cause I think it's a deal. It's yeah. Just, yeah. 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 If it doesn't work out and eventually I'm already like past my technical due dates and stuff like that. And just the seller is being patient, but at some yeah. point he might pull the plug. And if I lose it, I lose it, but at least I got this far. And if yeah. a year ago, you would have told me that I'd have an accepted offer on a 40 unit and an accepted offer on a 120 unit land for development, I would have said, that's not true. That's not possible. Yeah. And so Excel, uh, you, know, nah, you, bro, you got this. It's yeah, you got work. this. It's going to work. And because yeah. you've talked about it a little bit at the beginning of like, you know, the mindset and it's something that like in the morning, I'm like, oh, I think of my obstacles. I'm like, I'm going to find a way. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make it work. And I keep repeating myself. And like, I actually don't really know if I'm going to make it work, but I'm convincing myself. I'm like, you're going to find a way. You're going to find a way. And then on a random phone call, I'm like, oh, by the way, do you know someone who could be interested? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh my God, I'm glad I convinced myself. And it's like, I auto prepped myself for that mindset. Yep. 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 There is a, uh, you made me think about the prepping your mindset. So there's an amazing book. It's called The Greatest Salesman in the World by Og Mandino. 
Okay. It's not really a sales book. So if you're not a salesperson, it's okay. You'll love, you'll love the book from a mindset principle. What it literally does is it, you know, you're brainwashing yourself with positivity on a daily basis. And this book has these scrolls that allows, it teaches somebody how to be the greatest salesperson in the world, which takes a lot of mental capacity to say, like, just have obstacles and just kind of keep plowing through. One of those principles is I will persist until I succeed. Yes. And it is like a, you know, each scroll is like a, a chapter and it's got two or three pages in it. And this, you know, it's just constant mindset. You read it in the morning, you read it in the afternoon, you say it out loud, and it starts to sink into your subconscious. And then when you wake up, you start to act exactly the way it says it. And when you say enough, I will persist until I succeed. I was not delivered in defeat, nor does failure course in my veins. And I was not, I'm not a sheep waiting to be prodded by my shepherd, but I'm a lion and I won't sleep with a sheep. I, you know, I have this different mindset and I will persist until I succeed. You start to, you get this mindset and it seeps into your subconscious. And then when you wake up and act, like you just said, you go and make that call and you're like, Hey man, this is great. And if you had never made that call, that may not have taken you that next $500,000 million dollar partner. And it's not up to you to determine how many steps are necessary to reach your goal. You just have to keep taking the next step and success lies around the next bend in the corner, but you won't know how many steps it's going to take to get there. You just got to keep going. Well said. That's true. Yeah, that brother. Describes the situation well. Keep going, bro. Yeah. So this, is, this has been awesome. Well, I know we're getting on part of this time. This has been a super fun conversation, Excel. So what did we not talk about that you wanted to really just either get out there, your podcast, so you've been crushing your podcast and... Yeah maybe talk a little bit about that, how we can find it. And then anything else that you were hoping I asked, or we didn't dive into, we'll just leave that for the final, okay. but where do we get in touch with you? Tell us about your podcast, do all that sure. stuff. So it's actually a little bit of a funny story because last year during COVID, I literally faced real estate talk withdrawal because my wife, we love talking about it with other people. We couldn't really see anyone and stuff like that. So we started a little meetup and then that it grew into a podcast. It's called, you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts the very real estate effect, because for us, it's true. It was a real estate effect. And lately, I've been trying to really respect some mottos and some quotes. And there is two that I'd love to finish on and to share. And to yeah. tell me what you think about it is that I spent a good you know, part of this first year, I feel like chasing money. And in some ways, mm -hmm. I've been successful. In some ways, I haven't. Yeah. And just before the vacation, like I almost, it got me down. And during the vacation, like I had this mind shift where it's like, no, now the way I want to live is that I will not chase. I attract and what's mm. meant to be will simply come to me. Yeah, yeah. Like Since I repeat this to myself, like I feel like it's removed so much pressure. And so yeah. that's number one to share. And number two is that in doing partnerships, if a partnership is a business marriage, take some time to date. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to get to know these people. And yeah, you at first in a conversation, like, yeah, we could do this, we could do that. But like, what is it really like working with this person after six months? And so take the time today, go for lunch, go spend some time, go on a hunting trip. You want to partner up with someone? Go in a, for a weekend in the woods. You'll see if you really want to invest with that person. And so I'll kind of finish on that. The podcast, The Very Real Estate Effect, has been so much fun having conversations exactly like the one we've had, Abel. And so thank you so much for having me here today. Yeah, Excel, this has been awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. And uh, it's good to share that. I love it. You want to find out if you want to pirate, go hunting with them for the weekend. I would love for, yeah, let's go hunting. Let's yeah. do that. Oh, that's cool, man. 
Well, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Really appreciate, you know, just you coming on the show and just sharing a little bit of insight with us. And man, it's been a pleasure. And I guess that's for all of our listeners. Go connect, go reach out to them, go jump into Excel's podcast, leave him a review, a written review, tell him you heard him and his story on our podcast. I would be blessed and be able to hear it. And uh, wish you a lot of success, man. You're going to go close some monster deals in the future. So I'm excited for you. Hey, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. I'll talk to you on the next show. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Five Talents Podcast with your host, myself, Abel Pacheco. Each week, we're going to bring you interviews from industry experts and commercial real estate investors who followed their dreams and achieved massive success. Before you leave, let me ask you a few questions. Did you enjoy this episode? Did you learn something valuable? Was your mind stretched to what's possible and what you can achieve? Do you want other experts just like the one you heard today? If you answered yes to any or all of those questions, then please take a moment to subscribe to the Five Talents Podcast, give us a five-star rating, and most importantly, leave us a written review. Tell us what you liked, tell us your favorite guests, give us any feedback. I'm excited to learn and improve so you can get a more valuable show. So thank you again for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast.